And we're back. It's your boy, Wardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the great Cinema Draft game. And we are here with a first time in the Cinema Draft podcast, educator and molder of young minds extraordinaire, albeit a distance, of course. It is Jen Risky. Hi. <laughs> yes, yes. Welcome to the show, Jen. Our Andy Cohen-inspired Watch What Happens Lifestyle drinking game tonight shall be the word school, because every time you hear one of us say this word, we'll take a sip. Sip. (laughs) Tonight's pod is all about covering some of our inspired school-based films featuring charismatic teachers, of which you are one. Welcome to the show, Jen. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Uh, I am... I, you know, actually, last week, I think I mentioned I'd kind of hit, like, my quarantine wall. I think I am rounding the corner past the wall. Still having a little struggle getting my motivation together, but I had a talk with a good friend of mine. She always kind of points me in the right direction by example. So I'm getting my act good. together. How's, how's, your, how's your quarantine going? Uh, it's going okay. I just finished the semester and turned in my paperwork and everything, Um, this well, a couple hours ago. So... I'm ready to have a little break before summer school. Free woman. Well done. <laughs> that, that, that gets more applause. Yes. <laughs> uh, any plans for your, your summer vacay or, or as a hiatus? What do you guys call your time? <laughs> Vacation for sure. <laughs> uh, watching a lot of TV. Uh, there were some plans to travel, but now not so much. So watching a lot of TV, reading a lot of books, I think. Well, with the former, that is a perfect segue into what we're watching. Yeah, I love that. I love that air horn. Uh, and this may actually—I've kind of found out this is somewhat exclusive to UK audiences. But I am watching Gangs of London, and Gangs of London—it's wild, it's nuts. Uh, it's going to be on Cinemax, I guess. Uh, one of my UK guys hooked me up, and I've been obs- well. I wouldn't say it's obsessed with this show. I was definitely obsessed with Line of Duty last week. I got through all that, you know, and, and all those those great cheeky British accents, and and I'm still in my little British rabbit hole. <laughs> let me share real quick the screen of how do we share this? Share screen. You think, oh, duh. okay. Getting used to Jitsi, y'all. We are done with Zoom. Zoom, you're dead to me. We are on <laughs> real. As you can see with the watermark, we'll live with that. But yeah, Gangs of London's wild. So basically, it's uh, so there's a murder of this money laundering kingpin. It's a guy named Finn Wallace, uh, played by Cole Meany. Um, and are you familiar with Cole Meany, Jen? I don't think so. He's. I, I'm not even sure if I'm saying his name right, but if you if you've seen if you see his face, you'll you'll know it because this guy is super famous uh, for playing like that guy parts. Anyway, oh, and, and Catelyn Stark, it looks like. <laughs> yes, Michelle Fairley. Yeah, you know, she she's just like Catelyn. She's legit. She she goes <laughs> hard in the paint. She definitely goes hard in the paint. Anyways, uh, so so this guy's a son. Uh, takes over the family business of of money laundering, and he's unhinged. He's a psychopath. He's so bent out of shape after the murder of his father that he kind of disrupts the fragile alliance of all the top gangs in London who kind of coalesce under Finn's leadership. His name is Sean, and he goes like a, kind of on a bit of a killing spree. And it, you know, there's a big kind of grab for power for all the different factions because you've got like this alliance of Kurds, uh, it was the Kurds, uh, Blacks. 
uh, I think the Pakistanis. It's just like a, a, the, a kind of a bit of a melting pot, but everyone sees a power vacuum and kind of grabbing for it. And it's wild. It's super bloody, super action packed. And nice. I dig it. I think you'd like it. Cool. Actually, have you seen The Raid? No, that's on my list of things to watch this summer. <clears throat> yeah, well, neither have I. But, <laughs> but the guy who co-created this, Gareth Ed Evans, Evans, yeah, Gareth Evans, I think his name is. He's, um, uh, he's, I think he directed the first two of these. He's the co-creator, and it's really highly like, action stylized. There's a lot of like fighting and stuff in it, uh, which kind of keeps you interested. And it, it is super blade. Like I almost checked out after the, the the first two episodes, but the, the people kind of compared it in in the Watch Facebook group of which we are both part. So we right. met. Uh, it's, people have compared it to Game of Thrones, which is it, that's really a stretch. But it is kind of complicated as far as like the politics, of the business, like Game of Thrones. So okay. I, I really, I really enjoy it. And and as I can put it here in my notes, like the violence is so breathtaking that it's it can be a tough watch. But I've now I'm now I think on the final episode of this first season, and I mean shit's gone down. Like buildings are blowing up, and people are getting <laughs> like hands chopped off. I mean it's it's nuts. <laughs> So and you said that, it's going to be on Cinemax. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a co-production with Cinemax. Um, you can see it, there, here it is. That's Cole Meany. Oh, oh yes, okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's I think he's in like uh, was it Con Air and he's in a bunch of stuff. But he's always yeah. the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in this one he's like I mean you know he gets he gets ice in the first episode, but he's a bit of a dick in, in flashbacks. So yeah, he's it, it, I, I really enjoy it. It's very interesting. Yeah, and and Michelle Fairley, she's still a G. You know, we love her. Uh, and so that's one of the things I'm watching. The other thing I'm watching, also uh, from our draft stream streaming game, is High Town. Have you heard of High Town? Oh, did we lose? Uh oh, I think we lost Jen. Oh, we got the frozen face. Okay, well let me tell you about High Town while Jen gets it together and rejoins us. High Town is a it's both simultaneously freewheeling and procedural, but uh, it centers on Providence, Rhode Island, P-Town, they call it, the party and drug scene from the point of view of, <laughs> as, as I would say, a lesbian Lothario, Jackie, which is Monica Raymond. Oh, there she is. She's back. All right. Sorry about that. No problem. I was just telling people about Hightown. Have you heard of Hightown, the show? I don't think so. Yeah, it's brand new. It'd been on Stars. Uh, or its debut was on Sunday, which is why it was part of our draft stream game. But uh, I, it was actually on the Stars app for about a week ahead of time. So, so I sampled during the week, and and it's as I was explaining to the audience that it centers on on Providence, Rhode Island, aka P Town, like their party <laughs> drug scene from the point of view of this lesbian Lothario, Jackie, Monica Raymond, she just loves him and leaves him. Who, and you know, she finds like this dead body washed up on shore one morning during her so-called walk of shame home and, and kind of deals with her. And then also the cops who are assigned to investigate the gangs that may or may not be at the center of it. And so you have like this whole thing about like, kind of like uh, drug abuse and addiction. I think she starts rehab um, in the first episode, James Badge Dale. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He was on, uh, one of the seasons of 24 and and also he was on um he's in an interview with uh what's his face um uh, chris ryan on the watch podcast oh, okay yeah he's uh, he's in this he's he's really good on this too and and it really does kind of give you a sense of of place 
uh, when because it takes this takes place during P Town uh, or in P Town during Carnival, uh, or at, or it's lesbian Shangri La as Jack. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> James Bond is really good as as, as a bent copper. <laughs> oh, is he bent? Is he a bent copper? Uh, yeah, he's he's been a, a bit of a dirty cop uh, who's trying to solve this case of the dead girl. And then also it, it co-stars my my former classmate slash um, uh, undergrad co-star. We were both in the Colored Museum together, Don Norwood. And he's another guy who you definitely don't know by name, probably, but he's in everything these days. And so here, here goes Don. And yeah, he um uh, yeah, Don's always been good. Uh, and now he's getting more it's funny how he's steadily gotten more work as as he's gotten older. Uh, oh, he was in Mindhunter. Yeah, yeah. He was in he was in oh no, this is the center. Was he in Mindhunter? No, he, he wasn't was in Mind the photo before that. That's right, the Atlanta episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, he was in Mindhunter. We are wearing some weird wig. <laughs> <laughs> uh he's he's worked consistently now. He had a really good um he had a really good guest spot on Grey's Anatomy. I think the episode where uh, where the the um, uh, what's her face, Ellen uh, uh, Pom Pom Pompeo uh, got injured or something, so we got a lot of good screen time in that. And yeah, it's just really fun watching to see where he's gonna pop up. Oh, he's in Happen Leonard. Didn't know that. <laughs> Don, get that work, man. Get that check. Yeah, Hell on Wheels. That's what got him a steady paycheck for a few years. Hell on Wheels. Yeah. So Don's in it. So I'd love to see my former uh, Morehouse College and Spelman alumni get work. Mm -hmm. their thing and so yeah so that's what i'm watching right now i wish it had a few a few more new england accents i think there's only about one or two i could count but you know if you don't got it don't try it you know, not, yeah. as you, not as you mess with it so <laughs> so so what are you watching jen um so over the last couple of weeks uh we watch a lot of tv um so i've watched never have i ever and i loved uh, it yeah, um and uh and, and of course, normal people. I got very into normal people, as you know, as we both love Fleabag. Like and that is very much in my wheelhouse. The intense relationship, you know, that these people are like meant to be together despite whatever happens. So yes, normie peeps. Now, now, why did normal people speak to you? Because it's uh, I, I don't think it's a very controversial show, but I mean, people. It's mostly been positive, but I always find it interesting how some people receive it because I always wondered if something like this would really resonate with people like it did with me. Um, I like the fact, and I think maybe we had talked about this, you and I had talked about it before, but it's like very atmospheric, but in a like with still a lot of substance behind it. Did you yeah. read the book? No, no, I didn't read the book. Okay. And, and I think that part translates pretty well. And I, the reason I really, one of the reasons I really liked the book was because Rooney, um, uh, it's kind of like a vignette style and she doesn't tell you a lot, but you don't feel like you're missing out on things between yeah, that the, Sally and, Rooney, the author of the book and also the writer behind the series. Yeah. And so that translated really well to the show, I think. Now, now, now let me let me let me settle a debate here because I'm not sure if you heard this episode of the podcast, but back with with one of my favorite set of guests, the Tripod, my former writing partner G Nice, and and our our working black writer friend uh, Kevin Garnett, who works in the Dynasty reboot, we they they clowned me. Well, first of all, they coached an Irish accent out of me, which was fun. But then they, <laughs> then they clowned me because I I mean I said that that Daisy Edgar Jones looks like a young Anne Hathaway, and they're like no. Not even close. And I'm like, I'm I'm losing my mind here because of course you know. Look at that of face. Of course, yeah. Yes, that is yeah. pure young Anne. They just said, oh, 
you know, oh, ease, you're just, you're just racially profiling her because she's young and white, huh? Oh, no. guess <laughs> Young Anne Hathaway. Uh, you know, naming random white actresses. I, I mean, I know what I see. You see it, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you. All right. Vindicate, <laughs> if they're not here, they can't defend their name. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought I thought young Aunt Hathaway here. I thought she was excellent, very emotive. I mean, you, you know me, I'm a sucker for accents. The accents had me going all day. Long. Of course. <laughs> and you gotta watch with the captions, but even still, like, you know, you gotta get you the accent, very lyrical and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, especially with Connell. Mm -mm. Uh, Connell, yeah, and, and I heard that that uh, that chain. That, Ooh. <laughs> I didn't know, realize this was a thing. It's just such a, a basic story. This, this is like the most basic of chains, but it's got like a neck of its own on the internet, doesn't it? I, I don't know, man. Like, it just it just does it for me. Like, he's got a Twitter account, everything, Connell's chain. I, uh, <laughs> you like it, I love it. Uh, so, people, and uh, was there something else you're going to mention? Um, oh, we watched um, Narcos Mexico, and yeah. I hadn't seen any of it, and I liked the first season a lot. Um, you just jumped in Narcos Mexico, but not the, the previous Narcos. Yeah, not the previous. Okay. Um, but the second second season, I didn't quite like it as much because it kind of like was trying to hit you over the head. Like Felix is in over his head. Like let's tell, <laughs> let's show, let's tell you that like three times per episode. But I still really enjoyed it, and especially the first season. And I love Scoot McNary, so. He definitely made the second season worth watching too. So, yeah, I, I love all that narco stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm in on it. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I am a huge fan of historical fiction, period pieces, any of that stuff. If anything that's tangentially related to history, some grounding in fact, I'm in it. I don't know why. It just speaks to me. And yeah, so it's fun in watching narcos and subsequently narcos Mexico to kind of match like the real life people to the to the, the actors and what they're playing and, and figure out like what's real and what isn't you know and, right. and take liberties because that's always a, a challenge when you're dealing with with real people as a as a writer is like you know how much can you get away with and how much do you just want to play with like for example the great which i'm also watching which is also featured in our great draft stream game and was the top scoring uh uh, title of the week. Uh, the Great is, as they say at the beginning, it's occasionally based on history. <laughs> reworking <laughs> of Catherine the Great. And so I love that type of stuff. So yeah, so I like, uh, and then, I mean, our girl, the queen herself, Teresa she's, Ruiz. She keeps trying, man. Like she's she's gonna get she's gonna get it at some point. But yeah, she I, it was it was brutal to watch her just keep getting like you know like cut at the knees by the men and the and the woman. So yeah, yeah, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial as hell and hot as balls while doing it. My <laughs> chat queen Teresa Ruiz played um, what was her name Isabella? Yeah, her yes. name, Isabella with a great eighties fashion. Yes. Girl, I mean, and, and Diego, yeah, he's he's a don man. He's he's great. I mean, I mean, I'm I actually didn't have a problem with season two. Season one probably was better. I agree because it definitely hooks you with the whole Kiki Camarena uh, uh, abduction and and uh, murder his, historical plot, which is actually real. And right. actually, uh, ironically, yeah, you said that there was a show called The Last Narc, which was in our draft stream game last week, which did not record a rating, but. Uh, it's available on Prime right now, which is kind of like, I guess, the real version, the the documentary ah. version. Um, mm -mm. Oh, wow, I just noticed that they had the shape like a gun. Oh, that's... <laughs> it's very subtle. Yeah, very subtle, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 
those were great shows they were watching. So, <laughs> well played, Miss. All right. So now we're getting to. Uh, there you go. Now we're getting to the meat of our show. Our top five teacher movies. And I have. Bruh. There we go. Uh, basically, the way we way we do this around here, Jen, is that. Name a movie based on education or teachers, like a classroom or or a college or school setting. We alternate picks when someone takes a movie, that movie's out of play, they cannot pick it. And since you are a guest, Jen, you are first to pick. And I've got a couple out the gate that I hope you're not going to pick. So I'm bracing myself. Go for it. I'm going to share my screen so we can look at some of these great movies we're going to be speaking about. All right, go for it. Uh, so my my first pick uh, is Dead Poets Society. Oh, how cute! All right, <laughs> I, uh, I am uh, an an English instructor at a community college, and uh, was you know an English major in in uh, in undergrad, of course. Uh, so this was something that inspired me from a really young uh, a really young age. Uh, I, you know, and, and I kind of see it differently every time I watch. So, um, yeah, so a lot of the, I, I, I love to teach British literature. And so a lot of the people that are brought up here in the film are things that I teach with my classes. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, and look at that. And actually, I'll go back a couple of shots. Look at this great young cast, Robert Sean yes. Leonard, Leonard <laughs> Hawk, Josh, Josh Charles, is it? They're yeah. Oh, wow. He's the one who's in love with the, uh, uh, the 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 girl from the girls' school, and so they sneak over and. Oh man, I mean, it's been I, since I've seen this movie, but yeah, that's that's a great young cast. <laughs> Robert Robin Williams, oh Captain, my Captain. Of course, <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, well done, and all right, so good. So seeing the place you're coming from, that actually... oh, I do have a recommendation though. Okay. Um, since uh, uh, since Community, a lot more people are watching Community now. Um, mm. I don't know if you remember in the first season, there's an episode called Intro to Film. Uh, it's episode four, uh, 104, and it's kind of a spoof of, of Dead Poets Society. And so um, mm. I show that in my, my classes sometimes. So uh, kind of to illustrate that idea of Carpe Diem. And they get, it's actually a pretty close, you know, Parody, I guess, or satire of, of the movie. So, oh, yeah. I see your game, Jen. You're the cool teacher. You're the fun teacher. We're going to show <laughs> cool fun stuff in the classes. Huh? It's true. <clears throat> what what grades do you are are you college teacher? Like, what do you teach? Um, I'm a college teacher, so I'm teaching uh, fresh uh, college freshmen, uh, sophomores sometimes in the in the British literature class. And um, my community college is actually um, a little more traditionally aged than. Um, a typical community college, so about eighteen to twenty-five is the the you know age range of most of the students. So, oh, very yeah. cool. All right. <laughs> well, I will. You know what? I'm gonna take this one off the top real quick because this is pretty obvious. I'm gonna take the Breakfast Club. And oh we'll yeah. Engine, but it's a school setting. Yes, I love it. Kind of teacher involved, and I mean, really, there's nothing to be said. It's it's iconic. It's it's got a great cast. It it's timeless, and it's John John Hughes, right? Yes, yeah, John Hughes. So yeah, Ali Sheen, mm -hmm. Judd Nelson, Emilio Estevez. That's right, Sheen. Your original name. <laughs> <is> <laughs> <laughs> well, still doing interesting work, I might add. 
and Molly Ringwald. We don't see nearly enough of her. <clears throat> and just the iconic class of, of misfits and yeah, the, the final shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that whole idea that like, you know, these these disparate types of people could, you know, be bonded together as like, you know, such a popular idea and like a you know, an interesting one to kind of glom onto whenever you are a teenager and beyond. So I mean, and, and let's be real though. Even though this supposed to be teen teenager, these guys are <laughs> old as fuck. Like, yeah, for, for, sure. for, for high school, I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> they would eat the "Never Have I Ever" kids for breakfast. It's crazy. For sure. Did um did you watch Sex Education? I can't remember. Yes, and I well, I, I knew I didn't broadcast it, but I really enjoyed Sex Education. And, oh, it's so um, good. Yeah, both seasons. Uh, I think I like the season one a little bit better, but I, I like what they're doing. I like how irreverent it, it, it is, and they're just. I mean, it's 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 fun. I honestly now, I was. I think I, I think it's confirmed in the second season that they are, you know, they they are like contemporary, like they are in our world. Yeah. It feels, but all the set design feels really retro. Yeah, and it's got that like English beat type score as well, you know, like very, very 80s. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess they're going for kind of like, all right, we're going to be set it contemporary, but give you kind of like a, an 80s throwback, semi timeless feel. So, but yeah, I, I enjoyed sex education. Yeah, the, the episode on the second season where they kind of that where all of the girls were in, ten, in detention together and they kind of played off of that breakfast club idea, I think that's yes. one of the best episodes of the show. Oh, and I, I absolutely love. She's she's so funny. Her facial expressions. She's got this big rubbery face that can kind of do anything. And her, uh, I forget the name of her character, but she's so kind of yes. designated weirdo, the sexual weirdo. <laughs> but it's not. I mean, not to stigmatize you know kinks and fetishes because you know we love everything around here. But, right, right. Uh, yeah, but it's almost like they set her up to be a weirdo, but she's just unique. Like she that beats her own drum, doesn't necessarily care what other people think. And I love her face and I and I never get her name Emma is it Emma no Emma Mackey's is uh what's her face? Emma oh that's Emma Mackey. Now that now that's a young I mean, we're going to look into a cultural cul de sac here. Welcome to the show. <laughs> this is what we do. We just kind of spin our wheels on top I of I like it. Uh, uh, now, now tell me who who she looks like. I know I'm not. Um, I hear a lot of people say Margot Robbie. Thank you, <clears throat> young 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 Margot Robbie, only only British. But uh, I forget her name. But I saw her in another show, like playing like a grown up, and I'm like, mm, I gotta buy it. But I like her better as yeah, as Maeve. Yeah, <laughs> as the weird. But yeah, shit. And here's Maeve, and then and she, Amy it was Amy Lou Wood. She also has one of those kind of really expressive faces. A really, really attractive, fun young cast, and I, I enjoy hanging out with them. I really do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Asa Butterfield. I mean, you know, my how he's grown. I think I really, I, I don't have much Asa Butterfield exposure except for that one weird uh, sci-fi movie that was. Uh, it was based off of a book. Um, something. Uh, Ender's Game. That's what it was. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be like a really big thing. I think Harrison Ford was in it too, or something, and it just kind of fizzled out. But that's how I first heard about. Asa Butterfield, but yeah, he's doing interesting work. Good for him. Yeah, and I really rich. like Nakuti Gatwa too. <laughs> Yo, what's that? I'm sorry. I like uh, Nakuti Gatwa a lot too. I'm probably not saying his name right, but I just find him like so charismatic. Oh yeah, yeah, this guy, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the the, the uh, black son Nigerians or something, and who's gay. Yeah, he's he's very entertaining. Before he's also, it took me a while to kind of get with the. Uh, it's kind of how over the top some not not just was the situation, but his expressions were. But then mm -hmm. once you see it, like in context, it all kind of works. So yeah, sex education, two seasons. I think they're coming back for is it a third and final one? 
next uh, year? I think so. If, you know, quarantine filming permitting. So yeah, <laughs> sex education. All right, so one down for both of us, four more to go. What you got? What's next um, so I went with something maybe a little unconventional, but it's one of my all-time favorites, and it's the 2011 version of Jane Eyre, directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Oh. Um, it is one of my all-time favorite films. Uh, I Again, this is something I also use with my students uh, because um, my freshman comp course is centered on Gothic literature. So like we use that as kind of our, our flashpoint to understanding literary terms and things like that. And <coughs> excuse me, a key part of, you know, Jane Eyre, of course, is her being a governess and teaching in the country school, teaching at Lowood. Um, and, and so I, I wanted to sneak this into the, to the teacher movies. So. <clears throat> okay. You know, it qualifies. I mean, education <laughs> was different back in the day, the day. <laughs> So, yeah, and I I remember seeing you got that gothic castle right there. I freeze it on that frame and and uh, what I'm with my students. Oh, I mean, you can't beat a good English countryside out in the moors, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful wide angle shots. I don't remember much about it. I did see it in theaters and enjoyed it, uh, but you know, because mostly because of of Mia and Jamie Belt, she's pretty good. Um, and you know, they they like put some wrinkles on on. Fastbender to make him look hideous. So yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of time the makeup chair for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. look at how hideous they both are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and her whole thing was like, doesn't she say a lot in this movie? Like, I'm so plain. Why? Yeah, you me. Yeah. Poor and plain. Yeah. 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 Wow, they were really self conscious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Jane Eyre, good one, and and yes, it, it was uh, definitely outside what I would was thinking of. So I liked the out of the box thinking. <laughs> I'm going to this one seems way too easy and not much teacher related, but it is set in a school, so I'm gonna. I mean, you, well, are we supposed to we supposed to drink then school? Oh, oh <laughs> you know what? Thank you. Keep me honest. <laughs> on campus <laughs> in school days. <laughs> it's in the title. Not, not many teachers involved, not many teachers harmed in making this film, but it's it's the ultimate campus film, campus life film. It's a musical, and I'm usually not really down. Well, before I really kind of grew up into appreciating musicals, it took me until the 2000s or so to really kind of get into musicals. I think it was uh, Moulin Rouge that really got me, and then I started on a, on a binge like Chicago and stuff like that. But School Days is a musical. It's fun. A uh, lot of a lot of uh, bright colors, funny performances. Got you know all your all your favorites, Giancarlo Esposito. Nice. Also from the House, proud more House alum like myself, Tisha Campbell Martin, Spike Lee, <laughs> and this also. I mean, I went through when I went through college. There's no way in hell it's gonna be a fraternity, regardless. But this definitely reinforced me. I'm not about that fraternity life. You're not gonna beat my ass. I'm gonna be part of your club. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care about how many connections you have afterwards and brotherhood, yeah. blah, blah. But I I did like the, how it showed. The Black College experienced in in some Fishburne, <laughs> and, and they filmed this on our campus too. This is like the quad. Oh, how awesome! Yeah, this, this, this is the quad between Clark Atlanta University and Morehouse College. We all kind of share similar spaces in the a, in the Atlanta University Center. So, so yeah, so it's kind of cool. And and all the all the did they call themselves Mission College? What was the name of the? the I don't it? remember, but I'm putting this on my list for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it called 
you call it Mission College, and all all the M stuff was just basically Morehouse gear. Like they couldn't afford makeup drills, but they got all the Morehouse gear, same colors, maroon and white. So good use of <laughs> good good use of props already uh, made for, for you. And yeah, it's a fun movie. School days. So do you think if it was made today, they would uh, Morehouse would happily lend their name to a Spike Lee film? Mm-mm. Well, today, maybe. Back then, Morehouse was on some shit. Yes, I'm talking <laughs> out of school, right? <laughs> Not you, Morehouse, because no, seriously, when I was an undergrad and we're, you know, for those of you Gen Z and millennials back in the ancient days of 93, yeah. 97, like we, like, Administration had a real bug up its ass about anything to do with, with money or being told what to do with it. I mean, very famously, well, back then when Cosby saw his good name, Cosby <laughs> allegedly skipped over in giving like this big endowment to Morehouse because we didn't want to be told what to do with the money. And so instead they went over and built like an entire damn uh, fine arts center <laughs> for our humanity center uh, and named it after his wife, Camille Cosby instead. So, you know, back then, no, today, <laughs> got a lot more enlightened administration and yeah they'd be totally on board <laughs> <laughs> they probably would, they probably would want to read the script first and might make some obnoxious changes because as they say about morehouse men you can always tell a morehouse man but you can never tell him too much <laughs> so i'm sure they'd want to have some some sort of they'd probably make some changes on the script but yeah there goes our colors but uh but yeah we'd probably be on board yeah Oh yeah, so yeah, Sam Jackson too. Yeah, I was yeah, just a big, just a big cast, a great, great big cast. You know, mid fame, pre fame. Right. Mm-mm. All right. So what you got, Jen? What's your next one? Um, my next one is Booksmart. Mm-mm. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> love it. And I relate to this on so many levels. Um, you know, I definitely saw saw myself in the relationship of the two, the two girls. Um, uh, also, like, I wish maybe I would have been as self-assured as, as um, you know, as as they are, um, or as, um, oh, um, Kate, Caitlin Deaver, right? As, as her character, you know, like, becomes toward the end. But, yeah, uh, definitely. Like, I, I love the scene of them dancing at the beginning. It sets the tone, you know, so... Jen, who gave you permission to look so beautiful? You stop it. <laughs> you look so great, Jen. <laughs> and the overly supportive but not quite comfortable parents, you know. <clears throat> and the cool teacher. Just yes, that's <laughs> yes. I was I was so excited. I was with her right up until the party. So, and then I was like, oh no, I'm not like her at all. <clears throat> like, yeah, you're a graduate, you're 18. Let's let's go. <laughs> But yes, and I just, I mean, and obviously, well, they, I mean, they both look kind of youngish, but obviously they're not actually high school age, but you do love the kind of the self-assuredness and the confidence they do bring to their roles. Because one thing, so social media has gotten, I mean, they're, they're good, they're good and bad to social media. But one thing I will say about our social media age and kind of hyper, hyper awareness of how we present ourselves is that it it even though it's it's caused a lot of bad stuff as far as um people buying too seriously about what other people think it's also really enhanced 
enhances your personalities as far as you can find other people that are like you and kind of indulge in, in what you like because so many more people are connecting so easily using using it through technology this i mean they've probably you know in their world found other people quote unquote nerds like them or things that their people who were interested in what they were interested in found that they were not alone and got confidence through that and that's yeah, why for sure about some of these modern day uh you know, <laughs> oh people. just the put upon principle yeah <laughs> <laughs> Giving a sol doing a solid for his girl, o Olivia Wilde, who directed this movie. Yes. <laughs> are they married or are they just partners? I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, so they're definitely, as as Gabrielle Union Wade, I guess she's officially at, put the way, <laughs> Gabrielle Union Wade and Dwayne Wade said last night on uh, Jesus and Meryl, they are definitely touching toes at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't gotten to watch yet. <laughs> oh, it's good. You, you'll enjoy it. They're, they're real fun. <laughs> The did they talk about Jeremy Renner's show? <laughs> oh, uh, no, they did not. <laughs> okay, I'm hoping for that. <clears throat> is there is there is there beef or what? what, what oh I no, Marrow just does like the whenever whenever uh, Renner released that that music video, like it's like a runner for him to like sing that sing that song, uh, <clears throat> like uh, the the tune of it. So uh, they did a pretty. There's a pretty good clip of it. <laughs> Okay. All right. So yeah. So and you know, free plug. Jesus and Meryl <laughs> on Showtime. Check it out. Uh, all right. So my next film is going to be Bad Teacher. Oh yeah. In the name, damn it. Uh, <laughs> and I guess famously, uh, Charlotte. Uh, that was gonna say Charlie. Sorry, Cameron Diaz. Actually, this is one of the. I mean, is this the last Cameron Diaz role? Like, I know she's semi-retired or whatever. It's been a while since we've seen Cameron Diaz, but famously, she took like not quite scale, but I think it was maybe like a million dollars, something like really beyond below her quote in exchange for a percentage of the profits, and made out like sixty million dollars something like that to the to the to the tune of Bad Teacher because it was a surprise hit. I yeah, was, for sure. I, I don't think I even saw it in theaters. I think I saw it on video, and I'm like, this is kind of good. This is pretty funny. <laughs> And her teacher is bad. Like she's just—I mean, she's not there about the job. This is probably <laughs> instructional for you how not to do your job. What's your experience with bad teacher, Jen? Uh, well, I was gonna say that you know a, a lot of my colleagues are, are like, "This is like the inner life. This is what you want it to be," you know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so many like so many great stars in there. You've got Jason Siegel. Uh, Another person from uh, <laughs> yes, from Freaks and Geeks, the guy who played Jeff Russo, the counselor. I can't remember his name, but you know, it's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty good cast. <laughs> yeah, Lucy Punch. Every time I see her, I, always, I mean, she just has one of those those faces and energies. I always enjoy her in in whatever she does, and she's British, <laughs> of course. We love a good British accent. All right, so that's my that's my third. What's your what's your fourth film? What you got? Um, mean Girls. Ah, <laughs> yes, a high school classic. Screen. I mean, every what, what, what's what's Mean Girls Day again? Was is it? Is it uh, uh, we on what Wednesdays we were pink? Yeah, Wednesday we were pink was. <laughs> Um, today, just Sam was asked me what day it was October fourth. I said uh, it's October fourth or whatever the day. Is. <laughs> yeah, mean girls, day, I love mean girls. It's it's great. I actually, you know what. I need to put that back on my list. I haven't watched it in about four or five years. It's time. I love Mean Girls. All right, so enough about why I love Mean Girls. What do you love about Mean Girls? Um, well, you know, in addition to all of the the super the super quotable lines, um, also um, 
like Tim Meadows and um, Tina Fey as, as teachers. And again, like, like yes. the, like the, like the fact that you're called to, and you know, as, as a teacher, you're called to do things that are outside of your job description, like here, this kind of impromptu, uh, you know, assembly that they have to have because of Regina George, you know, the people who have been personally victimized by her. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely relate to, to Tina Fey's character. And, you know, you see, you like, uh, you know, I see my students maybe going down a path that I know isn't going to work well, you know, isn't going to go well for them, but I can't necessarily, I have to kind of let them make those mistakes on their own, like Tina Fey does with um, Lindsay Lohan's character. Mm -hmm. uh, good point. And just, I mean, Rachel McAdams, just, I mean, really well cast, a fun mm -hmm. time for movies. And it's had, it spawned like a life its own. I'm, I'm a little surprised there hasn't been like a real, like uh, at least not a film sequel. I think they've done like director video uh, sequels, whatever, but it's spawned like a Broadway play. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's <laughs> Gretchen Wieners. Her Stop. dad invented the toaster strudel, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, the the scion to the to the, the, to the <laughs> empire and keeps trying to make fetch happen. Stop I mean, trying. I I use that phrase at least once a week. Like I've I've used I know I used it like yesterday or the day before. <laughs> and, and probably this this side of of. Uh, Mariah Carey, this is probably the best Christmas presentation <laughs> I've seen. Uh, <laughs> high school, and no I matter like, the time of year, they're doing Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, me, great pick. If for nothing else, give me an, a trip down nostalgia lane when Lindsay Lohan was sane. I appreciate it. Uh, young Lizzie. <laughs> and Lizzie Kaplan. Yay, so adorable. What a great performer. What a great. Uh, <laughs> I love this movie. I'm going to have to revisit it. <laughs> Uh, my next movie is School of Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I actually seen this one, but I, it definitely stuck out. I saw it in theaters. I really enjoyed it. I love the kids. The kids, I remember, were, being, were great. They were, yeah. they were talented, engaged kids. Because it's always, you know, it's a bit of a crapshoot when you get kid actors, but they're all really good. And and Jack Black, man. I mean, this is the type of stuff that he was, like, made for. Just, you know, for sure. Kind of, you, know, uh, you know, punky, quirky teacher, you know, you know, really a bit of a child himself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> easily happened that stuff. And yeah, I, I remember really enjoying it. School of Rock. I mean. Yeah. And, and you could definitely see him as being very like flexible with the child actors and everything, willing to kind of roll with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah. Joe, oh, Joe Cusack. That's yeah. right. I forgot. It's been a minute since I've seen this too. Yeah. 2003. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's really yeah, School of Rock, that's my next one. So what's your final film? What you got? Uh, my final is Edge of Seventeen. <gasps> Great pick. Oh, I, I need to watch this again. I, I I started, it was one of the first films I thought about when I got the, the topic list, so. <laughs> so underrated, yes. Yes. Daily <laughs> stuff, and I mean, I don't know if it got lost in the shuffle that year or what have you. I mean, I think there might have been some minor talk about her for a Golden Globe or something. But it, I mean, I, I I saw it. I enjoyed it. I, you know, to what what degree, you know, an old man might, like myself can relate to it. I related yeah. to it. I, and she's just I mean, she's such a re she's really good. And I think I mean, 
I, I don't know if she's totally slept on because she does have that Dickinson show, which I've yet to watch on Apple TV. I haven't either, <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I think I saw the the pilot. It was weird, but I was I kind of dug it. Like I'll I'll go there with you. So I'll, I'll definitely need to check that out. A lot of since ever since we started doing the draft stream game, I'm I'm like swamped with like good stuff to watch. So, <laughs> but yeah, I need to. But I love watching Haley. She's she's really solid. Even in crap like Bumblebee, like she's still you yeah. Know, eminently watchable and she sings like i think i just downloaded her album the other day she sings oh cool I, yeah. i'm really excited that she's gonna be um kate bishop um the mm. the kate bishop version of uh of hawkeye in the in the marvel the mcu or the tv verse so i'm really yeah. excited to see her performance for that as well yeah on edge of 17 all right well done <laughs> nice off the beaten path pick that i've actually seen i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and again, Woody Harrelson, like like his performance is just it's great. It also captures the reality, you know, that the moment when uh whenever he's like, Can I just eat my lunch in peace for 20 minutes? You know, like uh needing the the like necessity of unplugging and as a as a teacher, and that sometimes that's hard to do. Yes, mm -mm. Yeah, we can relate to that. You most certainly can. I'm stopping on this picture real quick because you did the Pedro, the full Pedro. Oh my god. Right. I was so obnoxious when Napoleon Dynamite came out. I loved it. I watched it. I owned it. I watched it again and again. I forced girlfriends to watch it. And sometimes <sighs> I do the Napoleon sigh or, or just I quote do. Uh, I want that. I want that regularly. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw a football quarter mile. <laughs> it's just so cool. Oh, man. The po you know what? It is uh, now, now you got me needing to watch all these things i love <laughs> i've got so much stuff i need to watch i haven't seen but now i'm gonna be going back to napoleon dynamite mean girls i oh i miss napoleon it's just i mean talk about your quirky ass films uh, <laughs> that was that was such a great movie all right mm -hmm. cul-de-sac i'm out of it driving out of the cul-de-sac my last film i'm gonna put and tangentially tangentially related it's higher learning oh it's nice it's got one teacher of note, and that is Lawrence Fishburne, of course, with that eh, okay Jamaican-ish accent, Caribbean accent. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and it's it's a bit of a mess, um, but it's an enjoyable mess. I, I appreciate it when it came out, just seeing all the different factions of of people you see at a, a PWI, predominantly white institution. Uh, I went to BCU, historically black college university. So it's kind of interesting to see that, that take on it as I was in college. This came out in 95. I was, I think, a uh, junior at Morehouse at the time it came out, and yeah, and and a lot of you know faces. Michael Rappaport uh, before he got really obnoxious. Although, look, I, I admit this, Michael Rappaport, I do enjoy his performances. He's great on Atypical, a show on Netflix. Have you seen Atypical? I have not yet. Yeah, it's excellent. Also, I'm biased. I mean, uh, one of my other co-stars, this one from high school, Seth Gordon. He's now a big-time director and stuff, and and that's that's one of his shows. And oh, you know, about like a a, a, a neuroatypical uh, teenager who you know is relating to the world and and growing up with his you know quirky family, whatever. Anyways, he's great on that as the dad. We are now entering dad zone. We're that old now. I remember him when he was seen in '92 in Zebrahead. Young, fresh face, uh, dude. But yeah, it's got uh, Michael Rappaport, Omar Epps, still working. You keep getting them checks, man. Jennifer Connelly, <laughs> also still working. Just debuted Snowpiercer this weekend. Good for her. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne as the said professor. And, you know, it was a little controversial at his time, I guess. Dealt with a lot of issues, you know. 
uh, sexual assault and racism. <laughs> yeah, like you know, white nationalism, and you know, there is an act of uh, domestic violence, domestic terror on the on the campus. So it's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, Christy Swanson, Buffy, the original Buffy. <laughs> Yeah, so, so uh, Higher Learning, uh, have you seen this movie, Jen? It's, I think I've seen pieces of it, but it's been a while. And Tony had asked, or my husband had asked me about it whenever I was telling him about the topic. And I was like, no, I need to rewatch it. Yeah, mm -hmm. 25 years ago. So, you know, well, it's what it's like. Yeah, Tyra Banks, at the time, dating John Singleton. Oh, so. yeah, I forgot. <laughs> See, that's, well, I'm not saying that's how she got the part, but... <laughs> Not hurt. Okay. Then, yeah. This Cole Hauser, man. Just for Oh, he was in Dazed and Confused. He's in everything and he's always playing a jerk. That's <laughs> I hope he's okay in real life. He's always playing that asshole. And you know what? <laughs> Keep getting them checks also, Cole. Good for you. Yeah. So higher learning. So yeah. So that is my final film. And that is our five teacher films. Well done. Well played. And way to bring in some some stuff I probably wouldn't have thought of. That's that's great. I appreciate that. All right, so we are now about to take a break to bring some of you all up to speed on what Cinema Draft is and how you play our draft stream game, which now will be the front-facing game when we look to relaunch in about a month or so's time. We're going to give you a little information on how it works and how you play it. So for those of you who are watching, we'll take a quick pause. For those of you listening at home, stay with us and we'll be right back with you in a moment. Movie theaters are on a hiatus, but we here at Cinema Draft are not. Draft Stream is the streaming content version of the Cinema Draft game you know and love. Just like with Cinema Draft, you have a $100,000 salary cap for a 10-actor call sheet, no more, no less. But in this one, you have to have at least one of three actor types for your 10-actor call sheet. One headliner, a co-star, and a day player. Scoring is based on weighted averages of Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic scores, plus audience and user scores. Headliners get a 40% bonus, while co-stars receive a 20% bonus over day player points. The game runs from Thursday evening to Monday afternoon with daily updates on Saturday and Sunday before final scoring after Monday, 12 p.m. Pacific time. Currently, we are alpha testing DraftStream in a rudimentary spreadsheet-based format while we work on adapting it for digital play. Tweaks happen almost weekly due to player feedback. We really need the data, so please help us out and play the game. Often, there is a $50 prize pool with $35 going to first and $15 going to second for the top two non-Cinema Draft employee players. A link to the most current talent pool is included in the podcast description. Please review the Rules tab and submit your call sheet by Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Thanks for your help, and good luck. And we're back. All right. So last week's quarantine movie of the week was Sleepless in Seattle. This week, our quarantine movie of the week, by the time you all are hearing or watching this podcast, will be Uncourt. And allow me to share my screen. Uncourt. It's from Insecure showrunner Prentice Penny. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's the story of a black aspiring sommelier 
who battles conventional thinking and the expectations of taking over his family's barbecue restaurant business oh, in order yeah. to become a master sommelier. And black sommeliers, I mean, that's not like really a thing. So it was very interesting to be kind of led into a world I knew nothing about. I'm not a big wine drinker. Are you a wine drinker, Jen? A uh, little bit, but I don't have particularly great taste. Yeah, sounds like me and music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy music. I don't have great taste in it. Uh, but yeah, but it's actually it was, it was really fun. There are a few uh, you know interesting faces in there, like Matt McGorry from How to Get Away with Murder, aka Asher, the Asher guy. Uh, he's in there as like a competing sommelier who comes from like a, a background of sommeliers, and it's just I mean it's, it's different. And what I really liked most about Uncorked is that it had this kind of uh, subversive soundtrack to or a musical score and you know me and my musical scores uh <laughs> it, it, it actually had a lot of kind of like uh uh hip-hop trap beats but yet set against you know parts of the sommelier world it was, it was kind of subverted your expectation but it made it all the better for it so i highly recommend it i enjoyed it it's on netflix right now if you've seen it send me your tweet length review at our twitter account which is at play cinema draft I should have that ready for for me, at, but this is our this is our our this is us at Play Cinema Draft on Twitter. Check us out. Our quarantine movie today today was Basic Instinct. Do you, do you have any thoughts on Basic Instinct? Have you seen uh, it? Uh, a long time ago, and uh, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> 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 yes, the very the iconic for probably all the wrong reasons. Basically, <laughs> quite a product of the '90s. And fun fact: I took my girlfriend at the time in high school to see that on a date, and let's just say we had some incredible sex after. <laughs> I mean, you know, really, guys, <laughs> <laughs> really charged up. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That deserves an air horn. Okay, and so this is our draft stream update. I know you are new to the to the podcast and most likely our game. You have yet to play. Hopefully, you'll join us one of these days uh, if you stick with our mailing list and we get you the latest updates. But this is what went down in the draft stream game last week. It was not. It was a fairly tight one. Jaybird once again won his third straight game in a row. Winner of our expanded prize pool. It was matched by our last week's podcast guest, Jay Devlin, a.k.a. Neil Armstrong. He came through with an extra $50 to bring the prize pool to $100 and a $60 first place prize to Jay Bird. He had quite the, the call sheet, just nine points off of a statistically perfect call sheet, whereas Jay – oh, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> Jay Bird had – had a four-pack of Alice, a headliner stack of 14, the foreign drama, I believe, headliner stack of Hightown, which which had some late-performing scores come in on Sunday night on its star's debut, and, of course, The Great, which is our highest-scoring title of the weekend. Our game is free-to-play. Yes, it is spreadsheet-based right now, which sucks, but, but we are working on getting it transformed and coded up into a digital format. So hang in there, there with us. But right now it's $50 prize pool this week, $35 to first, $15 a second. This week's in the prize pool, we have AKA Jane Rowe, the abortion documentary about, or the documentary about the abortion case, which made the Supreme Court. We also have among the highlights, the lovebirds, remember that? Oh highly, yes. <laughs> yes, highly anticipated, heavily promoted in theaters, now coming to a screen near you. And it is also coincidentally our highest price salaried 
uh, title of the week. 22,000 for Camille Nanjani, 21,7 for Issa Rae, because I, I just think that audience is going to love this. And in this game where the audience gets a 60% bonus for their scores, I think it will be popular. I'm hoping it will be popular. I hope it's not something that they had no faith in and dumped on video because it's not going to get a well, it's, a, it's a Netflix, uh, Netflix film, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks for pointing out. It is on Netflix. And uh, so it definitely will be, I'm not sure if it will be promoted, but it'll definitely probably be at the top of the queue. I'm sure they paid some money for it. So <laughs> I've got high hopes. I don't know, but we'll see what the ratings shake out over the weekend. That's the beauty of the draft stream game. And one other one. Like a good quarantine film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And rom-com, you know, uh, cuddle up, watch it, have <laughs> Do what you feel. And also military-wise, which I was not familiar until I started creating the talent pool for this week, but it's got Sharon Horgan from Catastrophe. Oh, are nice. Are you a Catastrophe fan, Jen? Uh, yes. Yeah, all four seasons available on, I believe, Hulu. and uh, uh, On Amazon. It was one of those shows I watched in, like, Two days. It was so wonderful. Right. Oh, it was post Fleabag. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they're on Prime. Okay. Thank you for crazy. So it's on Amazon Prime. This one, I believe, is actually going to be on this one. This one's on Hulu. But oh, Sharon, okay. so they're in the Sharon Horgan business. But, you know, it's Irish, got that dry wit. Uh, sort of, I, I keep trying to want to do an accent. I'm not even doing it properly. <laughs> anyway, Sharon Horgan's in it. Kristen Scott Thomas. Um, she had a memorable role on Fleabag. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, and actually, for those at wondering at home why Fleabag is getting so much run tonight, Jen Risky is our resident Fleabag expert. Anytime <laughs> I can post in our Facebook group, I have to tag her if it's a Fleabag post because she is our resident Fleabag aficionado, and I love Fleabag too. Season two is a minute is a miracle. So yes, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. So just a reminder, everyone who is who's interested in playing the draft stream game this week, make sure to click the link in the podcast description for the alpha test to, uh, spreadsheet to play the game. The instructions are here on the rules and on the scoring column uh, tabs. Make the call sheets are due Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific time, runs throughout the weekend with final scores being delivered within a few hours after 12 p.m. Pacific time on Mondays. And once again, $50 prize pool, 35 to first, 15 to second for the top two non-Cinema Draft employee spots. Some of y'all out of work. Why not? Come get this money. All right? <laughs> All right. That's right. Well, Jen, thanks so much. We're going to bring this in for a landing. Thanks for elevating the Cinema Draft pod with your presence. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. No, I, well, I certainly hope so. We'd love to have you back at your at our earliest convenience. And if there's anything you have to plug besides your vacation, this is your chance, Jen. Go ahead and plug <laughs> your ish. Um, I don't really have any anything to plug. Uh, so, um, but I, I I look forward to making my way slowly down the the large list of of movies and TV shows I have to watch. <clears throat> Fair enough. And you know what? You, you worked hard all through school year. You had a huge change of middle year year. Go yeah. ahead and relax. You don't need to plug anything. You know, <laughs> plug plug your, your charger into the wall and just lay back and watch some quality TV and movies and streaming content and stay safe. As, <laughs> as, as people are reopening, probably a little too soon for my liking, just stay safe, enjoy yourself. <laughs> Great husband, boot up, enjoy yourselves. And and usually with our with our podcast, at least in previous times, we'd say go out and see a movie or something. But damn it, not wise. <laughs> go ahead. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. 
Stay home. <laughs> Quarantine with a movie or something, damn it. <laughs> We're going to play this out. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with another great guest, another interesting topic, and more draft stream to play. Thanks again to Jen Risky for, for coming on the podcast. And we will see you all next time. Peace. Where can you find Cinema Draft? We are on Twitter, at Play Cinema Draft. Facebook, Cinema Draft. Instagram, at Play Cinema Draft. Medium, at Cinema Draft. That is our corporate blog. We're even on Pinterest, Cinema Draft. Also subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And finally, please visit us at cinemadraft.co and sign up for an invite to the relaunch. We will always have games where you can sign up, play for free, and win real money. Cinema Draft is a registered mark of Cinema Draft LLC. Both the Cinema Draft game and the CD3D decentralized app token are for entertainment purposes only.